0: and our children's children, what it once was like in America when men were free.
1: Welcome to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. This is episode 82, and our... Oh, 84. Thank you. 84, I'm counting. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. And uh, our theme today is, what's the law got to do with it? Our next guest is Jan Morgan. Now, Jan is an independent constitutional conservative and often referred to as the First Lady of the Second Amendment Her conservative voice has generated a following of over one million Tea Party patriots, libertarians, Republicans, and independents. That's the whole spectrum, Jan, and I am super proud to to know you and to bring you to the show. Are you with us? Yes, ma'am, right here. Oh, so excited to have you on. Now, you are such a passionate voice for our Second Amendment rights, and just recently Mm -hmm. there was a, a video of you that you were talking to uh, your legislators there in Arkansas and Mm -hmm. you were basically just saying to them, look, I walk past a sign that says, know your rights, right? I I come into this council where we are, you know, majority is Republican and I Mm -hmm. have to stand here in front of you and remind you of, of the Second Amendment, of my rights, as you're trying to produce more gun-free zones in our state. So you, this video mm-hmm. came out, and I'm like, the way you spoke to them is the way that all of us should start even thinking, right? Much less speaking. And, and why, are we, why are we so mamby-pamby, Jan? How did you find your passion? You know, how can the rest of us find this passion? Talk to us.
2: You make me sound so polite the way you just uh, reiterated <laughs> my speech. Actually, I was at the point of yelling at them, and I think in a few times I did raise my voice, uh, or, you know, very, very loudly. Uh, you know, the thing is, it, I was outraged, and the reason is we have worked so hard to fight for our Second Amendment rights around this country, and I'm in the middle of many of those battles, and and states all over America, and I thought once we elected Donald Trump that our our Second Amendment was safe, you know? Mm. Uh, That's why so many people were buying guns, because Barack Obama kept threatening more gun control laws, and people were scared. Well, now that we have Trump in, everything's supposed to be okay, but I I don't know what's going on on the state levels. but this is... We have... Our Second Amendment is under an unprecedented attack around this country at the state level, and unfortunately... We have Republicans in my own state. It was the Republicans who were in, in, in creating this facade of we're going to give you more gun rights. But in the process, they were further restricting and taxing people for those rights. In other words, we're going to allow you an enhanced carry license in the state of Arkansas. You're going to get to start carrying in the state capitol, and you're going to get to start carrying at football games and, and, and various public um, buildings on state property. But you got to get this enhanced license which requires more training, which means more money in the state covers. And any time you take a right from law-abiding citizens and then turn around and sell it back to them for mm. a price restricted, that that's it, it's immoral, it's unethical, and it's unconstitutional. And I was trying to make our Republicans aware of that, and I was angry at them because I don't expect to be having this conversation with Republicans. So what we've got to do around this country is get serious about our vetting process. It's our fault that these people are representing us because we didn't, when they asked us for for our votes, we didn't say, okay, where do you stand on the Second Amendment? And what I want to hear from you is that you are a no-compromise Second Amendment advocate. And if that's what you are, then I will vote for you. But understand, I'm going to be hovering over you and I'm going to hold you accountable. You're not going to turn around and balk on me See, in Colorado, fine citizens there, when they had representatives uh, that they elected that turned around and tried to restrict their gun rights, those folks got boots on the ground and ousted their legislators. Mm -hmm. We can't do that in the state of Arkansas. So, uh, in, in some states, you can't, if, because of the way our um, state constitution is set up, believe me, I've already checked. Uh. We can't just uh, <laughs> recall people. But we do have an, an election coming up, midterm elections, and, you know, and hopefully we're going to have people in place to, to boot these rhinos out. We've got to get serious about this.
3: Well, Jan, welcome to the show. This is Dan, and I watched that video. Hi, Dan. and Dan. Uh, thank you for being here. That video was awesome. You did such a great job. And, you know, they... <laughs> They accused you of threatening them, and I really tried hard to figure <laughs> out any way that you threatened them by saying that you're going to talk to your friends about who to I'm, vote I, for.
2: They're, they're right, yes, that's threatening them. Actually, threatening them meant that I was going to go to their district and tell the people in their district how they voted on that issue, right. how they <laughs> voted it against the rise of the second. That That's threatening to them, speaking the truth about how they voted. Right. Uh, wow. So, yeah. That's fine. I'm meeting with the governor next week. I have been fighting for a meeting with the governor. Our our governor in this state is a Republican Mm -hmm. who... He met with Moms Demand Action, that the most anti-gun, radical anti-gun organization in America. He met with those ladies in the middle of all this gun rights, gun fighting we were doing, mm. and yet he refused to meet with me and Patriots of Act 746, which is a Second Amendment organization this day. He wouldn't meet with any of the pro-gun people. So finally, now that our legislative session is over, he's agreeing to meet with me. Uh, wow. So it, that's going to be an interesting meeting. It, can you, you can only imagine. I can I was only imagine. About the
1: governor. Could <laughs> we'll we'll you say prayers face-
3: for the governor, okay?
1: Yeah, we will. Could you just Facebook Live that for me just so yeah. I can <laughs> no,
3: I be a fly on the wall? I, I'm so glad I that wish. you're on the on the side of the Second Amendment because you are a very powerful voice. You sound so good, and you know what you're doing, and I appreciate that.
1: Well, and one of the things you. that you talked about in in that video is that you've got a college-age child, and mm-hmm. you've got a perfectly great college right there in the state
2: of, of Arkansas. But Yes, she wanted to attend, and she's having to attend college in, uh, in Texas where she can have concealed carry rights. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, and that's a common... That, that's, a, that's a complaint I was making, and also I made the complaint that one of our senators... Actually, his excuse to me for why they wanted uh, guns restricted on college campuses was because his son attends college and his son was an irresponsible uh partying you know college-age kids which a lot of college-age kids are and that's fine but my point to him was don't legislate away my daughter's right to carry a gun on campus because you don't want your son having a gun just be a parent and tell him no son <laughs> you're what? partying right now when you grow up and you decide to be an adult we'll, we'll talk about getting you a gun and getting you trained uh, but you know man. here's another thing you had asked me originally uh, why are we so mamby-pamby? Why aren't more people speaking up and speaking out? Here's part of the problem. For example, someone who's a, a pretty good spokesperson on the Second Amendment front who writes for a major uh, 2A magazine said on her Facebook page the other day, we don't need to be political. People, you you all don't need to get political. Nobody wants to see that on Facebook. What? what? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. We absolutely have to be political. And here's another problem. We have people in this country and probably many listening to this, this radio interview, who are attending gun shows around America where they are disarmed at the door. Mm. That is a problem for me. I refuse to attend gun shows. I, I refuse to financially support gun shows that disarm law-abiding citizens at the door. Because when we do that, you're creating the, the, the mentality and you're feeding and financing the mentality that it's okay to disarm. A law-abiding American citizens. It's okay to strip them of their rights because it's a gun show. Here's my problem, and here's where I need people to help me. You can speak out by just refusing to go to those gun shows. Call the vendors in your state. Get on your state. Type in, for example, you type in Arkansas gun shows or whatever state you live in, and it'll give you a list of gun shows that are going to be occurring in your state. I need you to call. It will give you the name of the vendor, the name of the person putting it on. You need to call the promoter of that show and say, Are you? do you intend to disarm law-abiding citizens at this show? If you do, not only am I not going to attend, I'm going to tell all my friends not to attend. And then don't go. Because here's the problem. I'm on Fox News nationally almost every week debating anti-gun radicals. What am I going to say when I'm sitting there and one of those anti-gun radicals gets enough brain sense to say, well, Jan – you all don't even want your own people. You don't even trust your own people to carry loaded guns at your own events. So why should we want you carrying loaded guns in our public places? What am I going to say to that? Hmm.
3: Well, Jan, you know, see, it, that's a that's a hard that's a hard one. And I'll tell you, not my opinion, but just what I've seen. I've been to the NRA convention shows. You can carry mm-hmm. a gun loaded there. Yeah, and, yeah, and I there's never I, I've, I've never I heard one in Indiana. I've never heard of an accident there. But what I'm concerned, no. and I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with you, but the, the promoters that I know in the Phoenix area, they are worried because there are so many people that come to the gun show that are first time non-experienced people that don't know enough so? about guns. I'm, I'm only saying that I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, because like I said, I've been to the NRA and it's fine. But there are so many guns there that there are people that are not trained or have not been trained because they're new at what they're doing.
1: And how is that different there than walking in our There are people in out in
2: shop. America who are not trained carrying a gun. But the point is, how are you going? who gets to decide who's trained enough and who isn't?
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: not what America is about. Right. America says, the Second Amendment says the right of the people, not the right of the people that someone has said, okay, you're trained well enough to handle a loaded gun and carry a gun. The NRA handled it the way everyone else should handle it. So the yeah. All firearms must remain holstered. How oh, simple is that? You adhere to the rule. All firearms must remain holstered, period. Period. I was at the NRA convention in Indianapolis. I carried, mm-hmm. open carried at mm-hmm. that convention. Mm-hmm. Seventy-two thousand people there. There was not a negligent discharge. See, we we fall into this mentality that the anti-gun radicals have of, well, if you have too many people carrying guns, somebody's going to have an accident. Somebody's going to get shot. Some innocent person. See, that's that's the that's the stuff they feed us, and we right. start listening to it, and it starts sounding logical, and it's not. The fact is, more guns in the hands of Law-abiding citizens means less bad guys with guns are going to get away with their acts of crime. And I just, when you walk into it, it, it's it's ridiculous to think, okay, I can walk into a gun show unarmed. I can go over and buy a gun at one vendor and then go to the next vendor and buy a box of ammo, go into the restroom and load it. So what, you're not going to stop crime. Right. Right. simply put the sign at the door that says, all firearms must remain holstered. Very simple. Follow the rules. How hard is that? I mean, a first grader can understand that. Firearms must remain holstered, period. That is a good conversation. That's I've
3: been to two gun shows that I witnessed where people that have shot a firearm in the gun show that were not carrying the gun.
2: Oh. They weren't okay. carrying the gun. And they how were, did that they happen? Were Because either a vendor, either one of the vendors was not following the rules. That vendor should have, whoever, whoever was responsible for that firearm should have been permanently banned. They should have lost their guns. Gun they were,
3: both instances. Both of them were vendors, yeah. and they both did lose the license. And
1: that doesn't mean that all of there us are go. going to mishandle that's or misuse right. guns, yeah, and we your point is well taken.
2: Like, that's like being in the first grade, and because Johnny over there can't follow the rules, the teacher punishes the whole class. I just, we've got to get past that. Uh, there are idiots everywhere in, in the world, and there are people that are going to make mistakes. Absolutely. But I shouldn't have to pay for their mistakes by being disarmed. And if we're going to follow that mentality, then I can understand why uh, anti-gun radicals don't want any of us carrying guns in their restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, in, in public restaurants, in public places. We, I mean, we that, don't trust ourselves. Why
1: should anybody else? Exactly. Hey, listen,
2: we've got a break exactly. for
1: commercial. Can you stick around with us for a while? Mm. Sure, absolutely. All right. More with Jan Morgan on the other side of these messages. Now, Jan is an independent, constitutional conservative, often referred to as the first lady of the Second Amendment. You've already started to hear why. Let's find out more about her on the other side of these messages.
4: When you're working hard to beat debt, you've gotta think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea, sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright or you can consign them to their twice a month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are talking today with Miss Jan Morgan. You probably know Jan if you've ever watched Fox Business. At least you've seen her debating our our firearms laws, debating our Second Amendment, which really, Jan, is undebatable. Don't you think? I mean, isn't there? Exactly. Isn't there? There's 27 <laughs> words in a period. We're we're done. I mean, mm-hmm. why why is there so much confusion about this?
2: It, there's not confusion. It's it's very it's very plain and simple. But Because we have been complacent uh, for decades, under our watch, we have allowed our our government to pass over 30,000 gun control laws in this country. And every single one of them is a form of infringement. And some people want to argue, well, no, you can, you can restrict, you can still regulate. No, you can't. Our founding fathers were very careful about how they worded the Second Amendment. I don't know how many people out there realize, but there is a book. It's like Moby Dick. It's that thick. And it is the drafts that our founders made when they were trying to draft the Second Amendment. Wow. And And the many ways, the many words they tried, uh, some interesting things I learned from that was, number one, uh, of all the states in America, the one state that wanted to require all American citizens to be armed was New York. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> and that host- was the opposite. I know. Yes, they wanted to require people to carry guns, only carry guns, unless it was against their religious beliefs. That was what New York wanted way back when this was drafted. But anyway, the, our founders used the word right, the right of the people, rather than the privilege.
0: Mm.
2: And there is a big difference. If you look up the difference between the word right and privilege, very, very strong definition differences. The right, a right is a basic human right, which means it's a God-given right. You can't, It's not something the government gives. Because what the government can give, the government can take away. And that's why our founders did not use the word privilege. If we had a privilege to keep and bear arms, then the government could regulate and restrict. But they said the right. They said the right of the people, not the people that the government deems mentally fit, not the people who've never screwed up in their life and made a mistake and committed a crime, not the right of the people who the state police deem as have demonstrated exemplary marksmanship. It says the right of the people in other words the way i view that is if you're not in jail for a crime then the government has no right to restrict your only way of self-defense right and they're a free person allowed to run no they don't and their thought is well if you're a felon you should never own a gun you should you shouldn't be able to own a gun well i know felons committed crimes 30 and 40 years ago like writing a hot check right and they can't carry a gun for the rest of their lives i mean that's insane how how long do you have to be punished and yet these people have have led exemplary lives since then and they they can't they have to walk around like defenseless victims waiting to happen or own a gun, carry it, and law. risk getting in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so I, we've got a lot of changes that need. We need to. We need much progress to be made, and I would like to get this country back to constitutional carry. That's where I want us to be.
1: Exactly, and if we're constitutional carry, then we don't need the national reciprocity, which is you know kind of the thing that we've no. been pushing for. But again, we right. we've been been thinking like. Um, victims, I guess, for so long mm-hmm. that, you know, Dan you become was, desensitized. yeah, I mean, Dan was, uh, you know, kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate and talking about the concerns mm-hmm. that, that people have in the, in the last segment sure. where, oh, you've got this, this gun show, it's full of people, and maybe some mm-hmm. of them aren't trained and some of them are. And, you know, when you're thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's 27 words with a period. That's our, that's our, mm-hmm. um, our second amendment that allow doesn't allow us and that's what we start thinking it allows us to mm-hmm. protect ourselves allows us to carry guns no our god-given right is is what allows us to protect ourselves in any way we see fit then we let mm-hmm. politicians get in there and start saying well you know what maybe you are only able to protect yourself with a thing a mace right and then right well maybe these or people... so many
2: rounds you, you should only be able to carry a magazine with seven rounds uh, right and how yeah, are, they are you know just
1: how do they possibly think that they know what we need in the the moment that danger strikes and uh, mm-hmm. and you know people that aren't trained they're a concern absolutely they're a concern but mm-hmm. there are people that aren't trained doing all kinds of things that could harm us every minute of every day and it's just easy to point to a firearm
2: well, the other issue is, and even from uh, people in my state, people say, well, Jan, you're a concealed handgun licensed instructor. You stand to lose money if the government says, okay, constitutional carry. People don't have to take the class to get to get a, a license to carry. Right. I said, absolutely not. People that take my class, uh, it, it's called a defensive pistol class. We train you. If you stop, if you stop charging people money for a license to give them back a right that the government has taken, they're going to have more money to spend getting the training. And most people know that they need to get trained, and they'll have more money to spend on that. So I'm not worried about that. Number one, number two, my goal is that all you know, responsibly armed people in America will will be carrying guns and. Uh, then we can move on to other things, other battles. Absolutely. Uh, besides this one. Hey, the Jan, what we're about your. I have it's frustrating.
3: Why don't you talk a little bit about your gun range? Okay.
2: Uh, well, it's a little bitty gun range out in the middle of the nowhere uh, in Arkansas uh we have i think one of the finest uh defensive pistol basic pistol classes in america i would put it up against any training program in fact we train people from nine different countries and every state in america people make this their vacation destination they come here and take our defensive pistol class and it's been it's been quite amazing getting to meet people from all over the united states uh, so we have a simulation training unit as well as a live fire range and a simulator gives people a chance to find out how well do they perform under pressure. It actually puts you in virtual scenarios like home invasions, parking lot assaults, active shooter in a business. I mean, you name it, whatever possible crisis you could find yourself as a citizen carrying a gun, either on your property or in public, it's on that system. And it, it really gives people a chance to see that just going into a live fire range uh, and shooting at a circle on a piece of paper when you've got 10 minutes to line up your sights and get everything just right does not prepare you. For decision making on the fly, and then your skill, uh, skill level on the fly. Right. You've got a second or two maybe to make up your mind to pull a gun, and then you have to decide: am I going to verbally engage the suspect, or do I have the upper hand? Can I? You no, know, I have a gun. He has a knife. I'm going to yell at him to drop it, tell him to get on the ground, or you know, it really gives you a chance to see how you fare under pressure. It's quite an incredible training tool.
3: I totally agree with you. You know, I'm 62 years old, and uh, I've been around guns all my life, and I didn't realize how important. It was to take – I took that class. I, I did take the simulation mm-hmm. deal, and I found mm-hmm. out how bad I really was. <laughs> you know, so I do yeah, recommend, I it, recommend it's sobering. it. It yeah, is you know, well, sobering. We have a lot of police
2: officers that come in. I mean, there have gunfights. We have a law enforcement package on this that includes gunfights uh-huh. uh, with gangs and thugs. And we've had police officers come in, and, of course, they get shot. It shows you on the system if you get hit. Mm. Uh, right. it's, it's very sobering. Absolutely. Very sobering if you find out you aren't quite as tactically prepared as you thought you were.
3: So if a brand-new person that just bought a gun in Arkansas wanted to come down there and take your class, what's the mm-hmm. quickest class they could take just to get their feet
2: wet? Basic pistol. Uh, what I'm doing this weekend is just an introduction to firearms class. This is a two-hour class for women because there are a lot of women out there who are
0: letting fear
2: of guns because they don't know anything about them. We fear what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're letting that fear of guns stop them from going ahead and taking the next step and purchasing a gun and getting trained because they're afraid that they're going to have an accident, afraid that they'll hurt somebody or afraid they won't be able to do it. And so what we're going to do is we're having a meeting this Sunday. It's just a two-hour class gathering all women. We we're just going to talk about, you know, let's, let's work through the fear factor. And uh, and then the money that they're paying is a $20 fee to get in. And, the, and we're going to teach them basic gun safety handling. So at least
0: put the boundaries
2: of their firearms in the home. They will know how to handle them safely, and know if their husband <laughs> or significant other is handling guns safely in their presence. I so like we're going to cover that much, yes, in, in the two hours. And then the money they they paid for this little meeting if they decide to take my basic pistol class they can use that and apply it toward the cost of the class and that's the basic pistol class is really where we get down to basics you know this is a semi-automatic this is a revolver this is how you grip a semi this is how you grip a revolver it's two very different grips uh this is how you use your sights we we teach sight alignment and sight picture how you control your trigger pull because trigger control is where most people have their marksmanship issues uh, this is how you stand. We teach a modified isosceles stance, especially for women, because it gives you the ability to control the recoil of any caliber any man can handle. That's awesome. uh, You know, so yeah, we it's a it's a it's a very intensive, thorough class. It's exhausting, but you know they learn a lot.
3: So for twenty dollars less than going to a movie and getting popcorn, you're going to teach somebody the familiar to be familiar with a handgun.
1: It's a new life skill, is what you're teaching. It's
2: fantastic. Yeah, just, yeah no, what the basic pistol class is one hundred twenty. Okay. But the, just the introduction, the two-hour introduction, answering questions, uh, teaching them gun safety handling, the the rules of gun safety, that's the $20 to deal. The what? 120 is what we use for our intensive training, and that includes simulation training and everything. It's an, it's an incredible bargain. Awesome. Uh, but so, the, to me, and it also gives that, them a one-year membership to the that range.
3: Tr- the most important thing that you've said to me today is the $20 introduction, because that... Is yeah. the toughest for a new person.
2: Yeah, just across that bridge. Once You're they right. do that, just across the bridge. Once yeah. they do that, I
3: mean, we took 35 people out shooting that never shot a gun before. And right. once we did that with them, that was enough mm-hmm. to get them hooked. And, you know, right. people you need to be them comfortable. a good
2: experience. You give them a good experience if that first time is a good experience, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and that's what one of the things I talked about. I did a speech in Massachusetts at a Second Amendment event, and I told them, I said, the, it's, a, it's called adopt a liberal you know, take one of your liberal <laughs> or one of your anti gun friends, that's awesome, and take them to a range. Let them shoot a 22, don't go over that, right. Let them talk to them about gun safety, make sure they understand gun safety healing, let them shoot a 22, and once they see it. They'll, they'll fall in love with it. I mean, it's love at first shot. I've met very few people who just go, oh, my gosh, I love this.
0: Well, and what
2: we're going to do at this little meeting is introduce these these ladies to other women. For example, I had a woman take my class last week. She came in. She was terrified of guns. She took my basic pistol class. Now she's a gun chick. The girl is in here. She's in here almost two or three times a week cutting out the bullseye. We got her with the right gun, and she is having a blast. And she's a shooting, carrying a sick P238. And loving it. She, she's astounded that, number one, that she could ever get over her fear of guns, and number two, that she could become a great shot and that she would actually enjoy shooting her guns. And when you get a woman with the right gun and you get her well-trained, she's going to love it because it's very empowering. You don't have to be afraid anymore.
3: We took the 35 people out. We started with 22s and ended with the M60, and everybody wanted to shoot the M60, but no (laughs) one wanted to at the start. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so so it's very good to get them through that and let them work their own pace.
1: Well, Jan, thank you yes, so much. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and coming on with us and you know, to helping us understand a little bit more about what laws got to do with it and and hopefully mm-hmm. it's encouraged people to learn more about the Second Amendment. I mean it is twenty seven words. It's not hard to read, mm-hmm. it's not hard to understand. No. And if they want to know more or connect with you and, and, and catch some of your passion, how's the best way for mm-hmm. people to reach out to you?
2: Best way to find me is on Facebook. It's a verified page, Jan Morgan. There are actually two Jan Morgan pages, uh, but they, it's the one with the little blue check mark. If you see the blue check mark by my name and my face, that's the one. And there are over, we're pushing uh, 1.5 million uh, people on those two pages. That mm. are, in, most all of them are gun people, conservatives. So it's a great place to hang out. Some of America's finest citizens are hanging out on those pages.
1: Fantastic. You also have a website, JanMorganMedia jan morgan thank you so much for being with us today keep up the good work enjoyed
2: every minute of it absolutely thank you Mm -hmm. we'll see you
1: soon all right bye-bye now okay stick around we still have miss juliana crowder she's the founder of a girl in a gun which is a woman's shooting league here to talk to us about a young lady who just received a scholarship from 2a heritage 14 years old jen jones stick around
4: The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today.
6: Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org.
1: Thank you for being here with us today. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by AZFirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our next guest is Miss Juliana Crowder. Now, Juliana is the founder of A Girl and a Gun out of Texas, which is a women's shooting league. And it's a shooting club established by women shooters for women shooters. And we are excited to have you back on with us. Miss Juliana, are
7: you with us? I am. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's always awesome to get a chance to catch up with you and and find out what is the latest and greatest thing going on with a girl in a gun. And right now, today, we're talking about a scholarship winner, right?
7: Yes, we are so excited um, about the opportunity for us to um, get those youth shooters, especially those, those girls out there, into camps and training opportunities that they might not otherwise have thought about going to.
1: So tell us a little bit about what is a 2A heritage. I mean, that's it, it, the junior camps. What are those? Where are they uh, held? When are they held?
7: So um, Becky Yackley has uh, taken over um, this uh, Three Gun Junior Camp. Um, it has been hosted by a couple of, of other camp directors and, and other sponsors in, in past years, and she resurrected um, her, her program out of that and uh, named it to A Heritage Camp because she wanted to you know give proper credit to our you know Second Amendment and and our heritage of where you know, our love of firearms comes from, and also blend it with the fun and exciting opportunities within the shooting sports. So we have uh, been working with Becky um, probably over the last 18 months on various other projects um, within Girl on a Gun and as well as DC Project in those early days. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were so excited to be able to help uh, get the the two-way heritage camp uh, going for her. So Robin worked her magic with, you know, some graphics in the website and and just that, that general support on the back end that uh, Robin is so great at doing.
1: Absolutely. She's, I mean, holy cow. And, and by right. the way, she also has a family,
7: you know. <laughs> so it's like, right. I know. It's like how this woman exists every day, I'm not really quite sure, but she's fantastic. So how um, we wanted to continue working with Becky is to give a scholarship every year to one of her camps to make sure that uh, one of the Girl and a Gun youth members has opportunities to go And we've been uh, awarding those scholarships after our Three Gun University camp that we have in the spring. So this year, our winner is Jenna Jones, and uh, she's out of Comfort, Texas. She's 14, and she's been shooting for about a year, and uh, just the sweetest sweetest thing you'd ever want to meet. And she's so excited to kind of really now get immersed into this culture.
1: That's fantastic. See, that is the legacy piece of what we do, right? Because if exactly. we don't pass along our our love of, uh, if we don't pass along our values, if we don't pass along the reasons behind what we do and the Second Amendment, then in one generation, it can be gone. We start and end every one of our shows with a speech by Ronald Reagan. He's basically saying that exact thing about all of our values, not just the Second Amendment, but... The Second Amendment is coming under such fire all the time. And so now we have this 2A Heritage Junior Camp. We have this fine 14-year-old, very responsible young lady who has won a scholarship. And this is a life-changing, life-altering, life-opening, possibility-opening experience for her.
7: Oh, absolutely. The, The skills that these kids learn... Um, at camp with Becky and, and her team of instructors is amazing. It's you know these little humans that are, you know, moving and shooting like like professional shooters. You know they, they are becoming professional shooters and and you know it's like any other sport. If you're dance or gymnastics or soccer or you know baseball, any any of those um, skill sets you can really see when when the kids are receiving the proper training and, and their performance value. Well, these young shooters are really taking shape in that same performance value. And it, it's always amazing to see these kids out on the range and how, you know, composed they are or the thought process that goes through their mind before the beep and, you know, how they're preparing their gear. It is uh, so heartwarming, like you said, to see them taking it seriously and, and being responsible and being safe.
1: And focus and modeling that and to their things.
7: modeling that to their peers exactly. Yes.
1: Ah, it's fantastic. So if you want to learn more about 2 aheritageorg there's the website two the number two AHeritage.org. dot Now, with the time we have left, which is just a couple of minutes, talk to us about your love, a girl in a gun. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? What's the next big thing? You have a big event coming up in April, right?
7: We we do we're about two weeks to show time as i say we have our um, fifth annual national conference uh this year we've grown to a little over 300 women they're going to come from across the country wow. and train with us for three to five days depending on their schedule that they have uh, elected to sign up for and we have over 40 instructors that are coming to share their time and talent with these ladies and um, they get to choose their schedule so obviously not Everybody gets to see every instructor, but what, depending on what's important for your training program this year or your goals, they can choose if they want to work on pistol rifle or shotgun. They can choose range medicine, knife defense, um, reloading. So there's there's lecture and live fire classes um, for self defense and for competition, and it just really creates a custom training experience for these women, as well as you know, one meeting their peers and and their sisters from across the the country, and then being exposed to all these fabulous instructors that we hope that they'll continue to train with.
1: So for this year, since you're only two weeks out, is it too late for somebody to dive in and be a part of
7: that? never too late. I love that. We we have um, a brand new home range where we actually have 34 plus live fire areas. I mean, we have a ginormous location. So J we could course. probably awesome. <laughs> we could probably accommodate four or 500 shooters if we really wanted to, wow. um, plus all of our lecture areas. So the class sizes are small, so of course there's always room to jump in. Um, it's just an hour outside of Austin, Texas, easy to get to. Um, so yeah, if anybody still wants in, just have them you, girls, just give us a call, we'll get you set up.
1: And what's your website?:
7: It is a Girlon agun.org. I get any
1: conference. Does not get any simpler than that. A girl and a gun dot org backslash conference. And don't even do the backslash, just start on a girl a gun dot org because you have a wealth of information right there on that page.
7: Yeah, again, Robin works so hard, uh, you know, every week putting out our training tips and and making sure that you know our ranges have visibility and our facilitators can be found. That, that you know the content's there and, and easy. Uh, you know, we just want women to have a easy place to come and, and find a find a community and have their their questions answered and, and hopefully join us out there. And if there's not a local chapter um, near you, we have a great national program where we still have opportunities for women. Uh, you know, to chat group nationally, to, you know, still be part of the organization, even if, you know, you don't have a a host range right down the street.
1: That is so awesome. Now you started A Girl in a Gun because you were following your husband around. He was, he was competition shooting. Am I remembering
7: that right? Yeah, absolutely. He was shooting IDPA and really wanted me to join with him. And I was the only wife that, you know, had the nerve to to join (laughs) at, at the range. And, you know, he just kind of slapped a a holster and a gun and some mags on me and said, here, go. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I learned the hard way on some things. had some fun. Um, But from the other guys just constantly saying, gosh, I wish my wife would come out here. Well, it's really hard to just jump into an environment like that, especially when you're not really great at it. You know, we tend to feel self-conscious. And so, yeah, you know, just my path of you know becoming a firearms instructor and learning things about competition shooting. I, I took everything I learned the hard way and have hopefully made the path a lot easier for other women wanting to get involved.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And now in two weeks, you've got at least three hundred women. So, because you were like trying to figure this thing out for yourself, and it's only been a few years. Like, when did you start? I just,
7: we uh, had our first event in uh, February of 2011, so six years six strong. Years, and, and it's not
1: just 300 women that belong to your organization. It's just the 300 that have the time on their calendar in two weeks to come, That's right?
7: Right. And yeah, we're over 5,000 members strong that we can account for. Um, you know, plus whoever you know might not be an official member that still participates with us regularly. So. You know, I could say probably our metrics are we've touched you know somewhere between 10 to 12,000 women um, at different events or you know just different opportunities that traveling across the country. Um, you know, you know emails that we might have shared or personal conversations that we might have had. So it's it's a very fulfilling job that Robin and I get to do every day.
1: So the next time I'm talking to you listeners now, I'm talking to all of our listeners. the next time you say to yourself. I'm just one person. What can I do? I want you to think about Juliana Crowder. She had that, you know, what if moment. And six years later, 10,000 people. How many people did you say you probably
7: touched? Well, we we can we can document at least 5,100. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and we know that there's so many more out there that yes. we've had, you know, that we collected email from or, you know, just those interactions that you have. So, exactly. Cause, um, go ahead. And I have to say that, you know, we've done so well in six years, and, and this has, has happened the way it is because of the support that the women give each other, mm-hmm. and that they want to join um, and, and participate and build community. So, yep, I had an idea six years ago for me and my local range, and it grew because a colleague said, hey, I want to do what you're doing. And, you know, then another colleague or, you know, people, ladies are looking for it. So it's, um, if you're looking for it, go find it. It's out there.
4: I
1: love that. Proud to Whatever know you. Whatever you're
7: looking for.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm proud to call you my friend, and I thank you so much for having the time and taking the time to come on our show today. Juliana Crowder of A Girl and a Gun. Thank you, Juliana. Thank you,
7: Cheryl. Love right. you. Love you,
1: too. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. my mm-hmm right after this.
4: Hi folks, I'm Don
3: Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to
4: azfirearms.com. They have 1100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop and you should make it yours too. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to bring you stories about responsibly armed citizens, because responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. You never hear most of these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio.
0: Fight's a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way.
1: Well, the next time you head out to your local mall, I want you to keep this story in your mind. What elements of this story can we learn from in the way that we interact with our surroundings? When you are walking through a parking lot, where is your attention? Are you fumbling with your keys? Are your eyes fixed on your smartphone? Do you have a firearm or other tool of defense with you? If you do, are you trained in how to use it? And... Can you readily and easily access that tool? I ask you these things, you see, because danger is asking himself these exact same questions as he seeks out his prey. Which among us looks like we might be slow, weak, distracted, and easily overpowered by danger? This is the perfect victim for danger's plans he has no use for those of us who are aware of our surroundings danger has no time to deal with people who are competent and prepared and the best danger deterrent there is are those of us who are responsibly armed citizens Today's story has all of these elements, and lives were saved because of two people who understood their rights and freely exercised those rights, despite all of the naysayers who would have us believe that we should be mindless victims wandering endlessly in so-called gun-free zones. Lives were saved on this day and every day by responsibly armed citizens.
6: Good Samaritan stops robbery at Cumberland Park Mall, Tyler, Texas, K-E-T-K. One man was arrested after attempting to rob a couple before being stopped by two Good Samaritans at the village at Cumberland Park's parking lot. According to a press release by the Tyler Police Department, 34-year-old Chad Beaning approached a man and woman in the parking lot between FD's grill house and bed, bath and beyond. Police say he brought out a knife and threatened the woman saying, do you want to see her die? Police say that a father and a son saw the incident from their vehicle and confronted the man. Both men brought out their concealed handgun suit to subdue Beaning. Beaning was held on the ground until an off-duty game warden who was in the area took him into custody. He was later arrested when Tyler police arrived. Beaning is charged with aggravated assault. The incident is still under investigation.
1: Wow. What would they have done? And that's the thing. What would they have done? And, you know, these Responsibly Armed Citizen reports, they don't always end in somebody discharging their weapon, right? Right. Sometimes it's enough to have a Responsibly Armed Citizen who has the self-control on the scene to be able to just subdue the person now that doesn't mean you brandish your firearm unless you are in a life threatening situation and you are willing to use it but in this instance bad guy understood the threat that was now pointed at him got down on the ground stayed there motionless uh, there's a video attached to the, uh, the story I found, but it was just a, a person with a cell phone kind of narrating their own cell phone. And people are asking him, like, is that guy dead? Because <laughs> he was, this guy was not blinking. I mean, he was not going to move a muscle. Um, and then the control of the gentlemen that were armed. So that right. they understood, OK, the threat is neutralized, but we're not moving from here until the police come.
3: So he was arrested. They were arrested by a game warden. By a game
1: warden. Yeah, well, that's what it said. Yes. Oh, yeah.
3: Arrested by game warden, and I'm thinking, besides those charges, they might be able to get him for hunting without a license.
1: Oh yeah, an off-duty game warden. Yeah, Yeah.
3: might get him for hunting without a (laughs)
1: license. (laughs) Also, nice.
3: I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm glad that there were some responsibly armed citizens there, and I hope they're everywhere.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, you know what time it is now? It's time for dance. Commentary. Mm.
3: Tell you something you already know.
1: The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it.
3: On April 3rd, in in Texas, a man, Jeremiah Morn, was uh, kind of uh, doing the wrong thing. All right. his fiance was bringing the kids in when two masked men came in, uh, came and uh, grabbed w- the woman by the neck and was dragging her away. So uh, Je- Jeremiah went and got a gun and fired it at him.
1: Okay, that doesn't sound like the wrong thing.
3: No, that that's pretty well okay, right? You think he's got a handle on things? Here's what he did wrong. Okay. The two men fled. Okay. Without the fiance. And he continued chasing him down the street Mm. and firing his firearm Mm. as he was chasing him down the street. So what is wrong with that picture?
1: The threat had been, the threat had stopped. The immediate threat to life and limb was stopped. And he continued to use um, uh, mortal force.
3: Right. Deadly force. Deadly force. So, you know, here's the thing that pops up. First of all, when you're, in, you know, if you don't expect this to happen, mm-hmm. how can you have the sense to do everything? That's why it's good to take these training classes training. with the video, yes. the videos, because it can help you with that situation. But here's the deal: I do question if these people get away, who are they going to do it next to? But that's not our responsibility. Our laws say that we can stop deadly force, right? And if the threat's no longer there, you have to leave it in the police's hands. So
1: And he could have injured a bystander right. in the process. So there there are reasons for this. Um, oh yeah. And that's that would be a bad gun basseter because his adrenaline's flowing, he hasn't trained for this. Uh, he was trying to do the right thing, but in the process, um, and he didn't—he didn't end up hurting anybody, he didn't hurt even the anybody. bad guys, right?
3: They didn't. There was no blood trail anywhere, so they don't think that anybody got wounded. The problem is, though, you know, it is hard, and that's why the training is so important. You just take one of those uh, classes, and and see the different scenarios that can happen. Maybe a kid pops up in it. You know, this is where you can make a mistake and not hurt somebody. So it gives you an idea. And that furthers your thinking. But who woke up in the morning saying, hey, I've got to go fire on some people. Mm-hmm. So you need to be aware that things could happen and know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard because what if these he may there may be more to the story that these people may come back again. Mm-hmm. Maybe there been a threat before. Mm-hmm. But still, he's in a lot of trouble right now. And he does make uh, responsible gun owners look bad because. He should have stopped when the threat went away. And so James Brown is saying, you go to the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it might be a corner of a uh, jail cell. We don't know yet. Uh, It
1: might. I thought actually James was going to say, go get your training. (laughs) And I
3: thought Cheryl was going to try to imitate James Brown. Okay. No, I've given that. Kind of go home.
1: <laughs> I've given that up for Lent. Is it Lent yet? I.
3: <laughs> it might be in your throat right now from the Lent.
1: <laughs> Coughing. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, that's awesome! All right, we gotta stop being silly and close out the show. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Blade, who's always right there with the cues. He's got all kinds of hats he's wearing over there, including, including our newsman, Newsman Blade. Thank you for that. Uh, can't
3: new- I am
6: the newsman.
3: <laughs> is newsman one word or two
6: words? One word. One word, okay. And it's spelled M-U-N, Newsman. Mun. Mun.
1: I love it. <laughs> you do a great job at that. Because sometimes I find these great stories, and if they haven't done a an on-air news, you know, thing, then, I, you know, I can't read all this stuff. I need help. And so Blade is awesome at that. So thank you for that. Thank you to our amazing guests. My goodness, the the knowledge they bring, the experience they bring, so important, so valuable. Thank you to our listeners. Really appreciate every one of you. Every minute that you spend with us is appreciated. And until next time, please pray for this nation of ours. Pray for every single one of our leaders from the city level to the state level to the federal level. They all need your prayers. All of them?
3: Yeah. Threw it off there, didn't I?
1: Yeah. Yeah, all of them, Dan. (laughs) Even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. And maybe you shouldn't try to do James Brown either. Nobody, Nobody can do I was clearing my throat. Yeah. Nobody can do James Brown like James Brown. Pray for everybody. Pray for each other. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless.
0: Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny.